Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. to this guy for wisdom. Biden is going to host a fundraiser with John Fetterman in Philadelphia. Boy, I, I would hate to be the sign interpreter at that event. I mean, can you imagine? Do, do, do you make up new signs, new sign language for all the words that don't exist that those two men are saying? Or, or do you just guess what they're saying, uh, you know, what they meant to say, and then, and then sign from there? I mean... I, I mean, I, that is that is a a campaign event I would like to attend. I'm I'm serious. I mean, it's like listening to to Rachel Levine, you know, the man in the skirt that's the assistant secretary for health, talk about health. But you're going to have Joe Biden and John Fetterman uh, in the same room uh, giving speeches. That that's going to be something else. This is Drew Allen. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is your millennial minister. Of truth, uh, speaking more wisdom and truth in you know sixty minutes or so than Democrats speak in their entire lives. Um, well, you know, let's just start off with this John Fetterman, you know, senatorial bid here. You know, I, I, the latest I saw from from Fetterman, you know, he he's attacking Doctor Oz for being healthy and wealthy. He's attacking Oz for being healthy and wealthy as if that is somehow a bad thing now. But do you see how Democrats do this? They, they hate success. They attack success. Now, here you have Fetterman, who, who've, who's never done or accomplished anything in his entire life. Um, he lived with his parents into his 40s, and that is supposed to be some resume builder. Hi, I'm John Fetterman. I uh, please vote for me for U.S. Senate. I'm unhealthy. I just had a stroke. I can't speak, and I still live with my parents. Vote for me for Senate. See, I'm just like you. Incredible, incredible. I mean, the bar is so low with Democrats, you know. But you know, for for them, of course, and they're loyal. You know, uh, well, it, it's akin to a cult. You know, they're cultists. Well, as long as you're a Democrat, you're automatically smarter. Uh, than any other Republican. And um, anyway, so I just thought you should know that that's going to be happening, this this momentous event in which Joe Biden and John Fetterman, two people who cannot speak, two of the dumbest human beings in American history, uh, you know, trying to serve in politics. Well, they're going to be in the same place trying to fundraise together. Now, it's interesting because only John Fetterman would have Joe Biden come close to him, right? Everyone else has distanced themselves but uh, John Fetterman is uh, willing, eager to have Joe Biden. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, uh, stupid minds think alike. And I'm sorry to say, I, I, I wish John Fetterman uh, health and recovery, but look, I mean, he suffered a stroke. He was an idiot before the stroke, but now, I mean, it's just, it's that much worse. And then you have Joe Biden who, I mean, the guy... Uh, I've got two words for you. Made in America. 
Uh, Joe, that's that's three words. Made in America. You know, when he, he when he said that recently, this is amazing too. The audience that was listening to, to Joe Biden. Okay, I've got two words for you. Made in America. Now, I, there was no uncomfortable laughter. There was no acknowledgement even from the audience that he had just, well, made a made a pretty big gaffe. Uh, but this is this is the robotic nature of Democrats. I mean, they they don't really listen. They don't really care. It's just, it's a cult. Now to to shift to a more serious note, and forgive me if you detect a little bit of discomfort in my voice and throat. I'm I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm not like John Fetterman or Joe Biden, but I am recovering from kind of a head cold here. And um, if I'm not as animated in my voice as usual, please forgive me. I've got to keep my voice within a certain range today to avoid coughing incessantly. And nobody wants to listen to that. Me either. So, remember how the Democratic Party, right? What was the first impeachment of Donald Trump over? Well, it was based on their allegation of a quid pro quo, right? He had a phone call with the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, And the Democrats, led by Adam Schiff, alleged that Donald Trump had done what? Well, he had threatened to withhold aid to Ukraine if Ukraine did not investigate the corruption of the Biden family. All right? So let's just remember that for a minute. Now, none of that happened. He released the transcript. It was clear that that didn't take place. Both um, in terms of uh, the timeline in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, Zelensky didn't even know about any kind of aid that was up in the air. So anyway, it was not even a a, a possibility. Uh, But they made that up. And they impeached Donald Trump over it. Now, Joe Biden has actually committed a quid pro quo. Before the midterm elections here, we're finding this out. Joe Biden asked a foreign government for a quid pro quo. So he directly asked, Joe Biden, that is, the Saudi Arabians to postpone cuts to oil production until after midterm elections in order to help Democrats out politically. Let me repeat that. Joe Biden, to help the Democratic Party in the midterm elections, asked the Saudis to postpone cutting their oil production in order to keep gas prices where they are. Not to inflate them, not to cause continued um, economic damage to the United States of America. Now, I, I want to remind you what Adam Schiff said about Donald Trump with regards to the fake quid pro quo with Ukraine. Schiff said, uh, the framers of our Constitution worried then, as we worry today, that a leader could come to power not to carry out the will of the people that he was elected to represent, but to pursue his own interests. They feared, the founders that is, that a president could subvert our democracy by abusing the awesome power of his office for his own personal or political gain. Now, this is so laughable because he's talking about Joe Biden, not just with the most recent episode that we're learning about of this... um, attempted directive to have the Saudi Arabians come to the aid of the Democratic Party in an election year, but he sold out the seat of uh, the vice president, and now the president, uh, to the highest bidder with China, with uh, uh, Ukraine, with Russia, with all these foreign entities. 
Um, but, you know, even if even if Trump had committed a quote-unquote quid pro quo, which he didn't, but let's just say he did threaten to withhold aid if Ukraine didn't investigate Biden. That was not done in the name merely of personal interest. It was done in uh, the national interest. You know, I mean, Joe Biden was a compromised president. Well, is a, now a compromised president. At the time, he was wanting to become president, but he was compromised, and we knew about this. And so to ask Ukraine to investigate that is actually in the national interest of the United States of America. And the media is not going to touch this bombshell. I mean, this is the thing, you know. I mean, you know what? I've been, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go off on a tangent here. But, you know, I, I just finished watching a, a series on HBO that most of you have probably already seen. Um, which was uh, Chernobyl, right? About the... Um, uh, you know, under Soviet Russia in the 1980s, 86, I think, is when it blew up. Uh, you know, they had a nuclear power plant, and one of the reactor cores ex- exploded, spewing radiation into the air. And the Soviets, uh, you know, essentially tried to cover it up. And I was shocked uh, in that series by the honest, accurate portrayal of, of Soviet Russia. It wasn't glorified. It was a, a absolute condemnation of the of communism of the Soviet state. You saw how they lived, and I've been to Moscow, by the way. I've actually I've seen um, the remnants of communism, and, and and well, what's replaced it, which is not much different. They've obviously permitted a little bit more free market principles in there, just as communist China has, but at heart, they're still a totalitarian regime. And you see the uh, results of central planning of of the way they viewed, you know, uh, people as just worker bees to serve the Soviet Union. And you see they all live in these massive apartment complexes that are all uh, built right next to each other on top of one another. And you can't really tell who has money or not. Unless you're a politician, you live in those, well, beaten down, run down, massive apartment complexes. And there was an interesting line in, in in the TV series you know, it's, it's, you know, you, you hear enough lies, you don't recognize the truth. And that really resonated because it's what, what's happening in America at present, at, at present. I mean, the way the Soviets were so obsessed with using propaganda to portray themselves as that, as that which they were not, right, as this powerful nation, when in reality they were being smothered by communism. They were broken, they were poor, their economy was, was in shambles, they couldn't keep up. And that's how Ronald Reagan broke the Soviet Union. He unleashed our economic might. And they could not hold up, ever. And, you know, Biden and the Democratic Party now are trying to transform America into that, into that same kind of top-down uh, authoritarianism, that tyranny. The Democratic Party states of America. So, you know, if you remember Chernobyl, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Uh, really, it's an indictment of what the Democratic Party represents today and what they want to transform America into. Because that is America's future, uh, if the Democratic Party is permitted to continue to, to to push forward unfettered their agenda on the United States of America, they will lead us to economic catastrophe. So anyway, pardon me here. Um, so while the media is not covering this bombshell of quid pro quo, 
Are they calling for Joe Biden's impeachment right now? Of course not. Of course not. Uh, no Democrats are. Instead, they just held their ninth, I think it was, January 6th hearing. I know you probably didn't even know that this happened. Uh, if I hadn't just told you, just like you probably didn't really know or tune into the other eight. But this thing went on for two and a half hours. And uh, no, I didn't watch the whole thing. I've got better things to do, more important things to do. Uh, but but I did, uh, you know, read some of the transcripts and look into it. And shockingly, right, uh, they did not produce any new bombshells. No new earth-shattering revelations. The January 6th committee results are pretty much identical to the Mueller investigation results, which is to say that they told us what we already knew, that the Democrats had lied and made it up, and they had no evidence. And, and, you know, for two and a half hours, it really ran like a movie trailer for the entire J6 show trials. They just rehashed, played, you know, the same old footage, talked about the same, you know, tired accusations, made the same tired accusations, uh, but could produce no new evidence. And Jamie Raskin, he essentially, well, he did. He admitted that they didn't have anything to show in the end for this witch hunt. It was really humiliating for the Democrats. Now, they won't see it that way, but it truly was. Uh, This panel could not nail anything concrete down. They couldn't prove a single thing, just like Mueller. But, you know, what the Democrats say is, well, you know, just because we couldn't prove anything after spending, gosh, how long have they been doing this? Over a year of investigations and hearings, subpoenaing people, reading text messages, violating uh, people's rights. Well, it's not because there's not evidence. It's just because that the witnesses didn't come clean, right? Too many of them pled the fifth. Trump actually incited the insurrection, but he just hasn't admitted it yet. And until he admits it, well, we don't have anything. But the only real new development out of this uh, J6 witch hunt is that the committee voted uh, to subpoena the former president, Donald Trump. Now, now, I mean, I, I, this is just, this is unprecedented. I mean, it is shocking in one way. It's unprecedented that they would do this. I mean, it, it is a big deal uh, in that case, I mean, this is not going to lead anywhere. Uh, I'm not being just, you know, a phony optimist here. I mean, just like the Mueller investigation, I mean, they were able to impeach Trump because he had enough votes, <clears throat> but, um, this is absolutely absurd. And I mean, I, I just, I remind you of the Mueller investigation because you think about the, the divisiveness that it caused in the country. I mean, all of this garbage, right? Dragging America through the mud for these politically motivated purposes. They knew they had nothing all along with Mueller. They knew they had nothing all along here with the Trump insurrection. But they did it anyway. They did it anyway. Um, you know, before I get into some other stories, I just want to explain some things because I still have Chernobyl on my mind. Um, you know, America is, 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 you know, yes, yes, we're a a unique nation, the greatest nation in the history of, of the world, but there's something very unique about us. And it's, it's this, and, and it's, it's the thing that stands in the way the Democrats really having an easy go of, of transforming America into this totalitarian nation, because it's not an easy task. 
And this is why I'm hopeful, you know, despite the real anguish that all of us are experiencing, both at present and certainly it's going to continue, that ultimately the Democrats are going to fail. Because America, Americans know what freedom feels like, what it looks like, what prosperity looks like. I mean, we know that what is happening in this nation is not normal. We know that things can get better, can be better, because they have been better in the past, in our own lifetimes. And that's true for older Americans. Now, they have the benefit of greater perspective because they've seen more administrations, been on this earth and in this country longer. But even young Americans can recognize the dramatic and unprecedented and rapid change that is uh, negative in America. And the thing is, the Democrats, you know, they are manufacturing this pain. It's real pain, but they're the creators of it. They own it. But look, you know, Americans, you know, we were born into freedom, right? That is our story. Um, other nations, the reason they have succumbed so easily and embraced socialism, communism, Marxism, you know, and, and you know, all these various isms, you know, they're all totalitarian in nature, right? They put the power in the hands of the government and the citizen uh, views themselves as inferior to those in government. But that's been their story throughout history. America is the only place on the planet that was born, that created a nation that made the American citizen master and those in government servant. Now, the, the, the Democratic Party is trying to uh, fundamentally flip that. to trans. That's part of this fundamental transformation. But, but the benefit we have is that we're not so easily uh, duped uh, because we know what freedom feels like. You know, if, if you grow, I mean, look, this is the reason slavery was able to persist for so long as well. Pardon me, I'm going to cough here. <coughs> you know, uh, uh, black Americans were born into a state of slavery. And so that was, I mean, y- you accept it in one regard, because it's all you've ever known. It doesn't make it moral or right. It was not. But when that is the state that you're born into, you do accept it. And uh, this is why these other nations, you know, uh, accept these ideas, you know, that make them slaves of the government, because it's all they've ever known throughout their history, but we're different. We're different. So, you know, the Democratic Party... um, they want a USSR here in America in which they rule over us. But the, the, the obstacle in, their, in, in front of them is uh, our freedom, is our prosperity. So look, um, the Democrats don't want America to be prosperous. They do not want you to succeed. That's why you have people like Fetterman attacking success, attacking successful people. They want you to fail. They, they just don't want you to hold them responsible. But their ambition, their plans to transform the country, well, it depends upon the country being torn down. So they can't. They're not going to reverse course because this is what they need. Capitalism works. Freedom works. Our Constitution works. America works. It's the greatest nation ever. Nothing else even comes close. So how do you convince a bunch of happy people to reject something that is good, something that works? Well, you have to make it not work. So the Democrats introduce slowly at first legislation, concepts, policies which start to slow down our economic engine that sow discord, that create government dependency, right? They're like a virus. 
They've introduced these foreign objects, ideas, etc. to a healthy society. And slowly that virus infects, grows, and destroys. And so they're intentionally sabotaging America, the American experiment. And they'll say, oh, look, it's not working for everyone. The rich are getting richer. There's poverty. There's divisiveness. Well, they created it. They created these victims. And, and they, they do this in many ways, right? They use the public education system and university system to teach hatred of America. To sow the seeds in, in generations which would turn against America based on their lies. America's racist. No, that's not true. Democrats are racist. Democrats supported slavery. Democrats opposed civil rights legislation. Democrats created the racial caste system known as Jim Crow. There's violence in America. Well, that's true. It's a violent place because their welfare policies resulted in the destruction of the American family. They're importing uh, illegal aliens into this country who are oftentimes violent criminals. The, the breakdown of the nuclear family. I mean, they're creating victims and angry people. They're fomenting mental health problems and hatred. They've attacked morality and the value of human life through their abortion policies. Right? I mean, they want you to view abortion as something that is moral, encouraged, a right. And in doing so, they diminish the value of the human being, the unborn. But human life, you know, for the Democrats today and these radical pro-abortion activists, well, human life is snuffed out as easily as someone snuffs out the, the life of a spider or an ant. So this leads to the devaluation of human life. They question the election results while they implement policies which permit them to cheat. Mail-in ballots. You know, I mean, there was a story just the other day. The Colorado Secretary of State admitted that it accidentally sent, accidentally, right, sent 30,000 voter registration notices to illegals, non-citizens. How does that happen? 30,000? And this is why states have these motor voter laws, by the way. You know, you can automatically register to vote when you register, you know, or get your driver's license. You don't have to be a citizen to obtain a driver's license. You know, they, they accuse Trump of being a, a fascist while they use the FBI like they once used the KKK to intimidate and attack their political opponents. They called the pandemic a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They attacked the character of Republicans. Republicans are domestic terrorists. And, and none of this is true. This is part of their, well, their lies. And they tell so many lies, it becomes hard to, to decipher the truth. I mean, they say pro-life advocates, right, before the midterm elections, because that's what they're, that was the only thing they were hoping to run on, right? Vote for us because the Republicans are against women's rights. So, you know, their organizations have been firebombing, literally, and vandalizing pro-life centers throughout America, but, uh, they can't find any of those people. They, have no, they haven't had any leads lead to those arrests. Um, I forget the organization's name right now, but uh, there's one organization in particular that's claimed credit, claimed to be responsible for 18, last time I checked, of these uh, arson and vandalism acts against uh, pro-life centers. The FBI hasn't arrested a single person, but they send the FBI to arrest and indict a pastor who pushed down an old man who was harassing his 12-year-old son outside an abortion clinic from a year ago. And a year ago, a, a Soros-backed uh, attorney <coughs> concluded that 
you know, he hadn't done anything to even warrant a misdemeanor charge. But now you have the FBI arresting him before midterms. They, they've arrested 11 other pro-life protesters a year after they peacefully protested outside an abortion clinic. I think it was outside Nashville. A year later, they're arrested before midterms to create this narrative that pro-life advocates are dangerous. But, you know, you've got the pro-abortion advocates. They violated federal law by protesting outside the homes of the justices who voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. The FBI isn't indicting them, investigating them. I mean, a California man was arrested trying to murder Justice Kavanaugh, you know, as he approached his home, was walking in his neighborhood in Maryland. A Bernie Sanders supporter shot up a baseball field of congressional Republicans in 2017, nearly killing Steve Scalise. And the FBI, until they were finally forced to change it because of pushback from Republicans, the FBI designated that crime as a suicide by cop, not as an act of politically motivated violence. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I I remember, and you may remember, well, um, when she was press secretary for Trump, she was kicked out of a restaurant. I think it was, uh, it might have been in Virginia. It was near D.C., of course. (coughs) But a Democrat uh, restaurant owner and the staff recognized who she was. She was sitting down at a table eating. Uh, and they kicked her out of the restaurant. We don't do that. That's segregation. That's that's the new 21st century Jim Crow of the Democratic Party, right? They're create, creating this new caste system of anti-Republicanism, anti-conservatism, in which uh, private citizens are discriminating against Republicans. Um, they're killing Republicans in some cases, as was the case in North Dakota, when that man ran over an 18-year-old over uh, political differences. He said that the young man he killed, well, he was some kind of MAGA extremist. And this is what Joe Biden says about us. They are inciting violence. The very thing they're accusing Donald Trump and Republicans of doing. And so the Democrats have to lie. You know, they have to destroy the country, make us hate the country so that we will turn on the country and hand it over uh, to them. Now, and, and they're no different than the Soviets. That's the truth. So Biden, I mean, he's still lying about the economy. We're, what, 25 or 26 days away from midterms. And Biden uh, not only denies that we're currently in a recession, but the, he doesn't think there will be a recession. He was uh, talking to Jake Tapper, did an interview with him recently, and he said if there is a recession, it will be a slight recession. A slight recession. But that, of course, is only if the Democrats remain in power. He also said uh, today, on Thursday, that, you know, uh, we can expect worsening inflation if Republicans are elected to the House and Senate. How about that, huh? So which is it, Joe? I mean, our economy is shrinking. It has been shrinking. We have inflation. And honestly, I'm so upset with our own, quote-unquote, media on the right that doesn't admit that we're in a recession. They talk about recession as if it's in the future. We're in a recession. We have met the definition of recession. Two consecutive quarters of, of economic uh, shrinkage. Uh, they said that inflation was transitory. Well, we have inflation. It gets worse every single day, and it's permanent right now. They passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which was a lie. It was the Green New Deal. Inflation is still worsening. These people have to pay the consequences at the ballot box. And while all this stuff is going on, No one wants to talk about the real humanitarian crisis in America. 
And I'm serious. We talk about the gulags and work camps in China. You know, we can we can assail the Soviets, you know, for, for the way they attack their political po- opponents. Putin goes after them. But the Democrats are doing that. And it's on par on a level that is just as uh, incriminatory, just as amoral as those nations that we condemn. Did you know that there are still 35 prisoners being held in the D.C. gulags over January 6th? January 6th. I mean, we're approaching, I mean, we are two years after the fact now. And 35 people are still being held in jail? And the most serious crime any of these prisoners committed was trespassing. And these people, I mean, they're coming out and they're making a great point, which I, I, I commend them for. They're saying, please send us to Guantanamo Bay because in Guantanamo Bay, the terrorists are treated better than we are here. These prisoners aren't permitted to shower. They're not given visitation, no religious services. I mean, if you, if you dropped a Koran on the floor, that was considered some violation of human rights in Guantanamo. You know, I mean, look, I mean, you know, Obama, all the Democrats were saying we were going to shut down Guantanamo. Now, they never did it, but that was the goal, right? They were always going to shut down Guantanamo because it was so terrible, awful. These people tried to kill Americans, but, you know, we're depriving them of their Koran. Well, the real terrorists at Guantanamo Bay are treated better than these American citizens. And, and we know how bad it is because more than one of them has committed suicide. And I, I just want to prepare you for something. It's a point I've made. I don't think I've made it here uh, with you all on my show, but it's certainly a point I've made numerous times on other uh, TV appearances and radio appearances where I was a guest. Um, look, I think it's it's likely, so long as we all vote and we show up and vote like our lives depend upon it and the nation depends upon it because it does, I think that, well, well we will for sure take back the House and and. I think it's likely we take back the Senate even as well. But just prepare yourselves because, you know, it'll be celebratory for a, a day or two and then get ready to be just driven insane because the Democrats, um, well, they're going to blame Republicans who were just elected for all of the economic problems that they're responsible for. And so just get ready for it. This is what they do. Now, you may have heard of uh, about Tulsi Gabbard, right? She's announced that she's leaving the Democratic Party. <laughs> Do you remember during 2020? Remember Tulsi Gabbard? She was uh, she was competing for the Democratic Party nomination for president. She she was putting her hat in the ring to be president. Obviously, that didn't work out. But when she was running, never forget. You know, Hillary Clinton accused Gabbard of being a Russian favorite. Back in 2020, she was getting the Trump treatment. She sought the party nomination. And look, if Hillary Clinton says somebody's a Russian agent, that is the best endorsement any politician can get. Now, time will tell about Tulsi Gabbard. I I am excited about this because she's gone beyond virtue signaling. I have have complained. I guess you can call it complaining. I have complained, you know, about these many Democrats out there who are constantly criticizing the Democratic Party, talking about how, I mean, I mean, basically they speak about the, the Democratic Party like we do. They recognize the tyranny, the danger 
open borders they criticize, all the policies, but yet they don't leave the Democratic Party. Which, the upshot is, it, it means nothing. You're criticizing this party, but you're still one of them. Talk is cheap. Well, Tulsi Gabbard is finally taking action, and I do commend her for coming out and saying she's going to leave the Democratic Party. But, you know, look, I always caution everybody. You know, politicians, uh, they always disappoint in some way or another. Sometimes more than others. Um, that's just the reality of politics. You know, I mean, you can't get everything you want. You know, we don't have a tyranny and we don't want one. And so you got to deal with, with Democrats and compromises have to be made and you can't get everything you want. You know, reality kind of hits at some point. But, but you know, we still strive uh, to push those things forward and, and progress. Um, but uh, here's the thing about, about Tulsi. I mean, in 2020, I mean, she was a Democrat. And she wanted to be their presidential candidate. That's fine. But then she endorsed Biden after she dropped out. And, and Biden is the same person today as he was on the campaign trail. Nothing's changed. He said he was going to attack and destroy the, the energy industry, oil and natural gas, for example. I mean, the same guy that ran for the nomination is now president. And so, great. I'm happy that she's gone beyond criticism and she's leaving the Democratic Party, but it's too, you know, I just I just temper my, my celebration I, I am happy. I do commend her, and I think this will, I think this will have an impact. A lot of people like Tulsi Gabbard, even Democrats, and so for her to do this, I think that it will persuade people, hopefully, to leave the Democratic Party as well. But uh, you know, Gabbard, I, you know, as we move forward and we see what happens with her political career, you know, people are already saying, well, maybe she'll run for president as a Republican in twenty twenty four. Okay. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is she runs as a third-party candidate, right? I'm sure that's what the Democratic Party would like because it'll take votes away from Trump or DeSantis or whoever runs for president in 2024. But look, Gabbard was a member of the Young Global Leaders. This is a part of the World Economic Forum. It's a grooming ground for future globalists, a training camp for them. Trudeau is an alumni. Pete Buttigieg is an alumni, and so is Tulsi Gabbard. Now, it's hard to differentiate who went through the actual program, right? It's like going to camp. You go to camp, uh, Air Force camp, whatever it is, but you know this is conducted by the World Economic Forum. And of course, you go through this and it's an indoctrination program. And it, is, it does select future leaders. It's not just, it's, that's why I say it's a grooming program. Now, sometimes uh, this um, young global leaders, you know, they put out a list like the, you know, Forbes billionaires, and they name somebody based on qualities that they see as globalist qualities. You know, they put them on their list as a, as a young global leader. So, for example, Dan Crenshaw, who I don't believe went through the actual program, he was named a young global leader in 2019. And that's not a compliment. And I don't like Dan Crenshaw. Uh, but, you know, this is an endorsement by the World Economic Forum. So the World Economic Forum, the globalists are saying, Dan Crenshaw is a man to look at. He's our leader. Those uh, are not compliments. So, anyway, just a word of caution. You know, keep a close eye on Tulsi. Hold her feet to the fire. Let's see what happens. I like her. I like her. But, you know, trust but verify, right? The old Soviet saying and the Reagan saying. 
So here's the strategy of the left, the one I was alluding to that I'd been warning against on on different TV shows before. Um, so, you, you know, prepare yourselves for the intolerable new wave of lies coming from the Democrats after we take back power. Um, when they blame Republicans for everything we're experiencing now. Joe Biden is already saying, like I said, that, that he, he, if Republicans win, inflation is going to get worse. And notice what the Democrats always say. It could be worse. They never say it could be better. See how this works? Accept this as your new norm. So he'll, he'll deny we're in a recession right now while Democrats are in power, but as soon as we take back, he'll suddenly say we're in a recession and he'll blame Republicans. Now, look, I have great hope for this nation. Now, hope does not mean that uh, it's, it's pain-free. You know, in, in every other nation, as I said, slavery has been the de facto condition of their citizens throughout history. Uh, history is important. It's important. And America is not so readily transformed or easily transformed because of our state of freedom that we've enjoyed. And I think we're seeing that, that pushback now. They've gone too far. Um, but, you know, we've all just got to dig deep and really continue to educate ourselves more than we ever have before to make ourselves, well, capable, effective communicators to explain to peop- people looking for <coughs> an alternative. We have to persuade them to come to our side. We have to restore American principles and values. We have to defend America against these attacks from the left. We have to defend our history. All right. Well, I'm losing my voice here, Um, but God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, and until next time.